There is no greater feeling than winning on the punt. And if you fail to prepare, you are prepared to fail. This is the golden hour where knowledge is power. We know life is short. That is why we focus on what really matters, finding winners. Time is the longest distance between now and start time. The clock is ticking. All right, it is time for the hour of power. Just before we get there, diggers, we are watching very closely with the action of Augusta. Sung Jaim is now the leader. He is the outright leader. He is at five under. Cameron Smith, he is outright second at four under because we've just seen Dustin Johnson drop a shot at 17. He is three under. So that is where things are placed as we reach the conclusion of the opening round at Augusta National. Looking forward to rounds two, three, and four. That that when you wake up on the Monday morning and watch oh. the, the final round at Augusta, there might not be a more daunting assignment for a professional golfer than trying to close out a Masters. Just ask no. Rory McIlroy. Uh, Greg Norman. Yeah. Ask them all. Ask yeah. them all. It's it's and I know that Tiger's made it look easy, but phew, it is not. Speaking of Tiger, if you missed him, one under par on his return to golf. Outstanding work there by the champ. Day one of the Masters there. Round number one coming to a conclusion. All right, we've got Peter Snowden standing by, David Van Dyke, Brad Widdop, Nick Ryan, Chris Gangemi, Colin Webster, Ben Pierce, Steve Wolf, Chris Parnham, all to join us between now and 8 o'clock. But let's get underway with Peter Snowden. She's a belt of the Magic Millions winner over here. She goes to the East Coast. Can she take out the Percy Sykes first up? Let's get the latest. Peter, good morning to you. Morning, guys. How are you? We're okay, Peter. You're an honorary West Australian at the moment. Honorary, yeah, that's good. <laughs> when we, when we, I'm in, if I get beat, we're gone. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's how it works, unfortunately. Uh, how is this filly? No, I'm really happy with her. She's settling beautifully. She's, uh, she's, uh, she's been a pleasure to work with, actually, and she's come to me in great order. And uh, no, everything's still on the plan. What about this track, a heavy 10? We looked at her in that track gallop, and she looked like she got through it, but that's completely different. Yeah, they're different, different things, but... but, but uh, and she has never been on a soft track at all, but she seems to be handling it in a work quite well. Uh, but look, as you say, you don't know until race day, and you know the race conditions. We really got to work hard and lift through it. So you know, some horses do, and, and some can't. But uh, she seems a tough thing, and then uh, wouldn't wouldn't surprise you at all to see her uh, pull out a, a good run tomorrow. Okay, what does Beyond Tomorrow look like for her? Is she one that could go up to Queensland? Possibly. Uh, a lot of depend on what she does tomorrow, but. I suppose you can be a bit forgiving for how the weather's going to be, but um, still a real good one to handle no matter what they're running. They're real good ones, so we'll just see what she does tomorrow. And what about the prospects of the stable mate who looks to be well-placed? Paris yeah, Dior. she's a bit the same as well. She's, she is a very good filly. She's already proven she's running in good class races and been very competitive. But she too is a first-time on heavy ground. And, and um, I didn't really want to trial her the second time this time in, but I just thought she had a good, really good blow with uh, – uh, Canterbury, which she galloped with, with uh, she's a belter, and, and uh, she, she blew more than what she's a belter did. So I just thought she needs one more trial, possibly to get a pretty fit, as you know, uh, very taxing days off a bit of a freshen up. So she had that second trial, but, um, but she's come through that in good order, has been the right looking at her. We've, we've done the right thing trialing again. Let's go to race number five, the Arrowfield Sprint, of course, for the three-year-olds. You won this race last year with Wild Ruler. Everything that's been running behind Marzu seems to be going along perfectly at the moment. He's three for three this campaign. The form around him is outstanding. Can he take out this million-dollar feature tomorrow? Yeah, the, the track, that's one also I'm not worried about tomorrow. He, he excels on wet ground. He's a very good wet tracker. Uh, that's a big plus tomorrow. The only thing is he hasn't, he hasn't, met, hasn't uh, met horses of this class to, uh, tomorrow. But he did meet them as a colt uh, last preparation, which 
say he wasn't getting beaten far behind those Paul Lely and, and Co in the Congo. Uh, they beat him like two and a half, three lengths his first couple of starts. But uh, now he's gelded. He's definitely a better horse for it. And uh, it's been coming through his performances, his preparation. But the wet track for him is definitely not a concern. Peter, we know that the gelding operation can clearly transform an animal. Did you envisage he could get to this level once he had the procedure? Well, he always showed good ability, and he, what was letting him, he was letting himself down on race day, especially. He was a really difficult horse to work with. He'd run three races in his mind before he even got out of the enclosure. He took three business saddle him, and just a nerve nut, just sweating really badly, and just uh, too much wasted energy. And uh, so I was always confident he'd sort of settle better, but um, really wrapped the way he's come back. Uh, the whole attitude of him all round on and off the track has just improved out of sight now, and he was seeing the real horse, and he's able to show his true ability. All right, let's go back to, uh, sorry, move along to race number nine where you have got Mirror Vision going around in the Queen of the Turf Stakes. Are we forgetting about the Coolmore runner-up here? Yeah, look, her run was great. Uh, look, every run she, she puts in is always 100%. So she's not a wet tracker. I know she got soft form, very good soft form, but wet tracks are just one step too many for her, but she still tries very, very hard. And, and uh, look, I'm even thinking about it, but, this track is what I think it's going to be tomorrow. I probably won't run her. Uh, I might just give it a little freshen up and um, give it a couple of weeks off and bring it back for the Scone and Hawkesbury meetings that are coming up and Brisbane coming up shortly. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's, the thing about her, she just tries so hard and it takes so much out of her. Uh, when they're not handling the tracks, uh, there's probably a run she doesn't need to have tomorrow. But anyway, I'll leave it to see what happens to the track today. Uh, but if we were to move the races back to Monday, Monday, I'd think differently. But if there's the way it is now, I probably wouldn't run her tomorrow. Okay. Will Marbusha take her place in the Sapphire Stakes the last of the day? Yeah, she will. She gets around. She gets some soft tracks well. A good start last start on a really heavy ground. She was good. And going wide, but probably by the end of the day tomorrow, that'll be the best place to be. So she's not without a hope. Okay. You've got runners at Newcastle, Caulfield, Morfittville tomorrow as well. Representation in a black type race there. What's the absolute standout? Do we go with Marzu? I think he's probably the, he's, he's the tried and proven one, yes. I think he's probably a safest bet tomorrow, yeah. Terrific. Peter, thank you very much for your time. Hopefully, uh, she's a belter in particular, can acquit herself very well tomorrow, first up in the Percy Sykes Stakes. All the very best. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. There is Peter Snowden with us on the program this morning, having a look towards she's a belter. Also, Paris Dior, who's going to be right there, you would think, in the million-dollar feature for the two-year-old girls the Percy Sykes Stakes. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing how she's a belter handles the conditions because she is going to encounter something she's never seen before. So let's hope that she can get through it. Now, we do have to ask about Gypsy Goddess as well. Will she get through the going there tomorrow afternoon? She's been pretty good on the soft tracks before. Let's see how she'll go in the Oaks on a heavy track. David Van Dyke, the trainer of Gypsy Goddess, is with us on the line. Hello to you, David. Morning, boys. Good morning to you, David. Great to have a chat to you on this Friday. How is Gypsy Goddess? And as Tim referenced, how do you think she'll handle this heavy track there tomorrow? Yeah, she's she's very well. It took her a couple of days to get over that hard run at uh, Newcastle in the um, binary, but she's bounced back in terrific shape. Um, it's a bit of a guessing game whether she'll handle it. Um, she will handle it to a degree. I mean, she got through the soft okay. She's not a heavy filly. She's got a good economical action. Um, and she's bred to get through it all right. But, uh, you know, it's group one level. She's up against some pretty good fillies. And um, if she's not 100% on it, 
she'll get found out. So um, I think she'll be fine, but we won't really know till she gets out there. Okay, barrier number 11, does she just go with her usual pattern and that's settling in the second half of the field, or would you like to be that little bit closer than what you were in the vinery? Well, there's a bit of speed drawn around us, and I think that that might be an opportunity to give her a little cart forward. Uh, I'm having a closer look at the race today and having a chat to Willie Pike. We may end up closer than we have been previously. It's always a bit dangerous to get too far back in these big fields of three-year-old fillies on a heavy track stepping out to 2,400 because um, I'd imagine there's going to be quite a few of them looking for a cab at the 600 and we don't want to be behind tiring horses so if we got too far back it it could be a bit dangerous and we saw that in her recent run where Willie actually had to come out at the 800 and start to make his run because nothing was bringing him into the race and a couple of the fancy runners will be up on pace there tomorrow so yeah, we'll have a look at all that and, and decide later today what our tactics will be. David, what was Williams' feedback post that race up there at Newcastle? Uh, initial thoughts, he was a bit frustrated that he wasn't closer. And indeed, I said to him, I just wanted to get back, uh, keep her in a, uh, the same routine she's been in. Uh, I want to see her get to the line and uh, set us up for the Oaks. And um, he did that perfectly, just got her back and, and produced her in plenty of time to sort of find the line. And I think his ride got us third and it was a, it was a group one. So, you know, we were very happy after it. Um, but if you look past the line, she was really running on. And w- Willie said that in his post-race. He said, you know, she was far far from done with and... I can't wait to be on her, on her in the Oaks. And he's ridden her all this week in track work. Um, he gave us a very good report on how she is. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to hopefully giving him his first uh, Group 1 success in Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. We are certainly hoping that can be the case too. Beyond tomorrow, have you thought about what beyond the Oaks? Could you go back up home? Oh, there's, there's options. I mean, we could give her a break and then set her for some of the classic group races in the spring or she could race during the winter carnival in Queensland. We'll just see how she runs and how she recovers before making a decision. All right. All the very best tomorrow, David. Thank you very much for your time this morning. It is much appreciated. Pleasure. There is David Van Dyke with us on the line this morning having a look at Gypsy Goddess tomorrow afternoon. We talk about Ross Oliveri when he speaks being very measured, deliberate, um, speaking sense. Well, there's your thoroughbred equivalent, isn't it, David Van Dyke? He's so good to chat to. Certainly is. Now, don't forget, they are the tipping races tomorrow, the four Group 1s in Sydney and also the WA Derby here locally. SR6789, which is the Oaks, the Sydney Cup, the Queen Elizabeth and the Queen of the Turf. That is in Sydney. Hopefully they do proceed and here... At Ascot, the WATC Derby PR8. Now, talking about an Oaks, we spoke to Dean Lester earlier on and he said yes. that Belsevoir could be one that heads up to Queensland for their Oaks. Let's get to the trainer of Belsevoir, who hit the line very nicely at Sandown a couple of weeks back. Nick Ryan is with us. Hello, Nick. Morning, guys. Good morning, Nick. Great to have a chat to you. How good is this, Philly? 
Oh, look, um, there's no doubt um, she's uh, got a lot of class. Um, her win the other day at Tandown was um, uh, was somewhat surprising. Um, she'd had 12 months off coming off a long break, and to do that, um, you know, that's a, a great sign. So uh, there's no doubt she's got a lot of ability, and um, hopefully um, she can back it up again tomorrow. So the 1,400 metres, is it still going to be somewhat shorter of the trip that you'd like to get her out to? Oh, for sure. Look, we've... Was, as you mentioned in the preview then, um, we've got the Queensland Oaks in mind. Her her mother, uh, Rathsella, narrowly got beat a nose in the 2010 um, Queensland Oaks. So, um, look, 1,400 tomorrow, um, I think it's a, a gradual progression. It'll suit her down to the ground. But she is very, very sharp. She ran, ran some very fast closing sectionals there at Sandown. So, look, I think the only question will, her will be whether she can really stay and do that at the end of 2000. Provided she goes there tomorrow and she runs to your expectations, Nick, how do you chart a path to the Oaks up there in Queensland? Where does she go post this? Oh, look, um, on the 23rd, so two weeks tomorrow, there's a Bobus Gold meeting at uh, Caulfield. She's Bobus Gold qualified, um, great prize money. So yep. there's a race for her there and then um, and then there's a mile here and then we'll more than likely we'll sit down and plot it out that there's a the lead up to the, the Oaks, I think it's the Roses or it's the 2000. Um, she'll have one run in Queensland heading into the Oaks. All right. You've got representation in race four and race six tomorrow, but we'll start with race four, which is the black type event of the day, the Redoute's Choice, where you've got Port Albert, this Sabug Colt on debut. What are your expectations with him? Oh, look, there's no doubt we've, we've got a little bit of opinion of him. Obviously, running in first start um, on tomorrow in, um, in the Redoute's Choice. Uh, he uh, he's a lovely colt, good physical. He's shown a lot in his jump outs. Um, we almost had him ready to go um, uh, in the preludes in the diamonds, but he wasn't quite ready, so we put him away with impatient. Um, he's two jump outs. He's prepped him very good. Last one last Friday um, was good. So we're heading to the races tomorrow. Um, confident he'll run well, but remembering it's his first start and he'll he'll improve a lot from the day out. How do you get a handle on the form, Nick? Because there's a lot of horses like yourself who are going there for the first time and might be laden with ability. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of unknown. Um, a lot of first starters, a lot of spruiks, a lot of rats. So yep. looking at only worry about our horse and um, we're confident he's well and he's shown more than enough to be stepping out there tomorrow. And what about the prospects of my numero uno in race six? He's clearly in good form, this horse. Yeah, look, he's... Um, got a fantastic record. He's, he's had six starts and won five, and he ran third at his other start, and he arguably should be unbeaten. He was a bit unlucky when he got beat, so um, he's a very talented horse. He's a winner. That's all he knows to do. Um, I think the only concern with him tomorrow would be uh, the 60 kilos. He's got to give a fair few of them horses um, a bit of weight down in the weights, but so he's freshened up really well since his win of the Chuka the other day. He had a week in the paddock. He's come back. He's bouncing. I, I couldn't be happier with him. All right. What's the standout of the weekend in recap there, Nick? You've got some good chances at Caulfield, clearly. Yeah, no doubt Felsa is our best. Um, she looks the class, Philly. Um, look, the only concern would be second up off a long break, but she's shown no signs of that. She's, she's trained on. Gallops super on Saturday. So hopefully um, class will prevail tomorrow. Thank you very much for your time. We'll catch up with you again soon.
Thanks, guys. There is Nick Ryan with us on the program. It's a good hand that he's got to play at Caulfield there in the middle part of the program. Yeah, and he has a very good handle on his team, doesn't he, Nick? He's doing a really good job, good strike rate. We saw that most recently. And he has one thing he's been able to do, and he was a gun rider. We all acknowledge that. But when he likes one, the market normally is well in sync with him and they invariably run particularly well. I'm always very interested in these meetings at Caulfield over April because... There's a few that probably go the back path to a, an Oaks in Adelaide or an Oaks yeah. in Queensland as we see tomorrow. There's some very good staying races, some very good three-year-old stays that get unveiled at these off-season Caulfield meetings. Yeah, exactly right. I feel for the South Australian horse trainers because they have their group ones, and we have them over here. Yeah. But the old Mexicans, as they call them, the Victorians come across the border, and a lot of the a lot of those trainers have got big big teams and they just identify the Oaks or some of those, you know, the, the Sangster and they go over there and they, they're very hard to beat, clearly, because they're taking over, dare you say it, probably superior animals than what the locals have. It's like what we're seeing tomorrow when we had it in the Bet for Charity with... Uh, Daisies. With, with Daisies there. Yep. So that, of course, was with, thanks to Bayswater Bazster and yes. Tab Touch, we threw Daisies in them, Michael Kent Jr. and also Mick Price taking her over there for the Port Adelaide Guineas. All right, we need to get to Colin Webster, so... He was favourite for a little while, Tricks of the Trade. That's now gone back to Alaskan God's favour. Let's get the final thoughts here from Colin Webster in the build-up to tomorrow's Schweppes WATC Derby. Colin, good morning to you. Morning, Jim. How are you? I'm going very well. More importantly, how are you going with this bloke tomorrow afternoon, Tricks of the Trade? Can he take out the Derby? Well, he's doing everything right. Uh, We were very happy with his last run. Um, We just... Uh, experiment to see if he thought he could get the distance and I think he he uh, he did the job there alright so he's done very well since that run and uh, we're going into the race with uh, with a fair bit of confidence Colin the market was really strong behind him last start and it was vindicated given the splits that he ran in the Mel Vista can he just settle a pair or two closer tomorrow Troy from that gate yeah he will over 2400 he'll settle up you know, hopefully be at midfield. The the favourite or the the horse who certainly looks to be the one who is going to be the toughest the topple is Alaskan God. Um, do you view it that way? The, certainly the market does. Yeah, he's, he's a very promising horse and he's done everything right and uh, he's come right at the right time, of course, which is important. So, you know, naturally he's going to be very hard to beat. Obviously, your two uh, tricks of the trade in Alaskan God, as Digby mentioned for Dan, they're the two that are right there at the top of the market. What do you make of the overall depth of the rest of the field, Colin? Yeah, there are some other horses there that are uh, showing some form too. They're they're, uh, they're they're coming into the race a bit, so you know, they won't be uh, they won't be outdone too much. Colin, you've also got without reason going around in race seven over the 2,400 metres. He probably didn't get a lot of good fortune most recently, but his form prior to that had been very good. Yes, yeah, well, we hope he can run the 24. He's, um, he's sort of a one-pace uh, staying type, so we're going to try with the 24 and see if he can do it. We hope he can. If he does, do you think about the Jericho, or would that be a bridge too far? Well, we'll we'll see how he goes tomorrow, and then we'll have a thought about the Jericho. What's your gut telling you about him at a mile and a half, Colin? Yeah, I think he'll get the mile and a half because he's he's a relaxed horse. He races uh, he races rearward and relaxes and leaves his best for the finish. 
Colin, it's been a great deal of fun watching Tricks of the Trade over the past two and a half months. Hopefully, come grand final day tomorrow, you can be holding up the WA Derby Trophy. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks very much. Thanks, all. There is Colin Webster with us, Tricks of the Trade, without reason there tomorrow afternoon. And just even in the couple of moments that we had there with Colin Alaskan, God, 235 out to 240, Tricks of the Trade now, $2.60. Could we see a situation tomorrow where they start joint favourites? Yes, absolutely. And we could see a, a scenario where Alaskan God is a clear favourite. We could see a scenario where Tricks of the Trade is a clear favourite. He started $3.10 last start, Tricks of the Trade. He was about five fifty. Yeah, The money was massive for him, and he ran particularly well. Does Could you see... Alaskan God, what what's the rock bottom price for Alaskan God and Tricks of the Trade tomorrow? Do you think two twenty two fifteen? Well, yes. Look at again. It, it'll be interesting. Clearly, Collins bullish about the prospects of Tricks of the Trade, and why wouldn't you be? And if you're going off the figures, as I said, he ran the fastest last twelve thousand eight six four two. Yep. Tricks of the Trade in the Melvista. He was outstanding. Now he gets three kilos of Alaskan God for being beaten only one length. Alaskan God's got X Factor. It's it's going to be a great race. And one of the more fascinating aspects of this race for me, Tim, and maybe it's because I'm a weirdo, is is the market, how it is going to play out. It's, it's, it's intriguing. It really is. Oh, look, I'd be surprised if we're seeing anything else into the top two because I'm pretty happy to be settling with them as the Quinella. It's just which way it goes, which adds the layer of intrigue there, the massive layer of intrigue. Either way, if one of uh, one of those two happens to win this race, and that's not being disrespectful to the other 11 horses that are going in there, but I think we are going to be in a position to anoint a future star, and that's a bit harsh on, on Tricks of the Trade, who, who might already be that. I don't apologise for asking this question. Who do you think is going to be a better chance come our feature races in the summer? It's interesting. I wonder if Tricks of the Trade... Later this year could be a railway Kingston yeah. Town horse where Alaskan God might be an out-and-out staying type. Yeah, yeah. maybe a van. Because he's got a wicked up. turn yeah. of foot, Tricks of the Trade. Yeah, yeah, he does. So they could both be playing a big part. Absolutely. And, uh, look, it, it is – we obviously have seen Grant and Alana, Bob and Sandra with William Pike dominate this race. That probably adds an extra layer of intrigue to it. Chris Parnham finished second with – Temptation last year in Dan Morton. They yeah. get a chance to go one better. So it, it just adds a different dynamic to the race. And two high-class jockeys in Troy Turner and Chris Parnham going about their business. The Sports Daily, every Monday to Friday from 5.30am with your hosts, Tim Walker and Digby Beecham. Welcome back to The Sports Daily. It's great to have your company. Uh, we're hopefully going to be joined by Brad Widdop very shortly. Just before we do... Don't forget our podcasts. You can go to Apple Podcasts. There's Spotify. There's uh, SoundCloud. We're still there as well. Diggers, tabradio.com.au. We might just read out the best bets for Ron, Chris, and also Dino. I can tell you Ron's firstly. Race two, number nine, Lock Eagle, and we spoke to Chris Lees yesterday about him. Yes, and Dean Lester, we just spoke to Nick Ryan. He's very bullish about the prospects of Bell Savoir, race seven, number three at Caulfield, and Nick Ryan was of the view that was the best of his team, and he has a good team going to the Heath. He certainly does. All right, now let's get to... Sydney tomorrow afternoon, the queen of the turf stakes. We keep saying it. She still hasn't won a black type race, but she's been an absolute ripper. She's won a race that's next door to a black type race in the invitation. That, of course, is Ice Bath, and it's great to have Brad Widdop on the line, and hopefully tomorrow afternoon it can be that group one. Brad, good morning to you. 
Morning, fellas. How are you? We're okay, Brad. Great to have a chat to you on this Friday's tomorrow the day for Ice Bath in the Queen of the Turf. Well, hopefully they're on. We're, we're getting, <laughs> oh, mate, we're getting rained out again. It's unbelievable. But, um, yeah, look, she's come through the Doncaster in fantastic order. I, I was very happy Sunday morning. She, you know, we trotted her up and she's fantastic. And, um, you know, she's tough as nails. Like, she, she just seems gets this deep into a preparation and she just starts to come into her own. And, um, yeah, you know, we've had a great week and, yeah, she's um, she's ready to go tomorrow. So we just got to hope that if they, uh, you know, look if they change the Sunday, that's not going to make too big a difference to us. But um, yeah, it'd be nice if, they, if if we can get get to the races and um, go around for sure. Okay, so if they race Sunday, it's not going to be too much of a difference. That was the first question. The next question is, what's your confidence levels out of ten that they will go ahead? Uh, look, I, it all depends if the rain stops. Everything sort of. Um, drops pretty quickly, but there's a lot of water laying around, and we're just getting this continual. You know, it's just not leaving. It's all, I've never seen it like it. It's, it's like you, you know, turn a big shower on, and it just don't move. It just just keeps coming. But um, you know, hopefully, if they can get a bit of um, stoppage in the rain, I'm sure that'll help. And look, they'll be trying to run there. It's it's you know, it's a it's a very big meeting and. Um, you know, obviously it's a terrific meeting there tomorrow too. So, you know, I, I'd say they'll be doing their best. And um, the track has held up pretty good. So, uh, fingers crossed, I suppose. Brad, with her racing pattern, the gate 15 shouldn't be too much of an issue. Clearly she's going to get the ground that she likes and she has performed well on the backup previously. So the confidence level is going into tomorrow? Yeah, look, she's used to drawing the outside. So, you know, she knows no better. So, um you know, it might be the place to be. You just got to be confident. Um, you know, and I'm I'm sure that she, you know she's at the top of the game now, fifth up, backing up. She loves it, and um, obviously that track is going to suit her. This horse is sort of drawn out wide. That you know they they go forward horses. So I imagine there's there's going to be genuine enough um, tempo. We might end up three wide with cover, hopefully, and. You know, we've just got to track something up. But um, definitely, look, I don't think it's a negative, her drawing there as well. Like, um, you know, I'd just like to see, get, you know, like she got a nice soft run in the Doncaster. Um, you know, I'd love to see her just sort of in these races that she should be very competitive. You know, it'd be lovely to see her draw a gate where she can get a, a softer run. And But anyway, look, um, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not looking too much into the barrier. I think... Um, It'll suit us more than harm us, so yep. uh, yeah, we're, we're positive there. Now, short shorts already a winner on the heavy, a winner on the soft as well. Yet to miss a placing from four starts. Can you make a case for her in the South Pacific Classic, where we have got a pretty short price favourite in Lock Eagle? Yeah, look, obviously um, Lock Eagle. I've, I've seen him. I might have raced against him once and seen him. He looks very smart. Um, uh, he did beat that nice horse at one last weekend as well. So, you know, there's a bit of thing form around him. Um, look, she's she's a filly with ability. There's no worries there. Um, I think she should get a good run. It looks, it looks like she'll have to get a good run. And um, even though she's drawn a little bit awkward, um, I think there's enough speed where she might be able to get up there somewhere and get in. Um 
yeah, look, yeah, just same with her. She probably drew a better gate. It probably would have helped her. And uh, but she's she's definitely a filly that, you know, hopefully I'm just trying to, um, yeah, she could run well tomorrow. And then I may back up and next Saturday, or, or I wait for the Hawkesbury Guineas, and just yeah, and get her out over a bit further as we go along. I've got Queensland coming up, so. Um, yeah, just sort of want to see her perform, see where she's at, and then we can tread which way we're going to go. Brad, does the 2400 prove advantageous to the prospects of youthful in the in the Oaks? I know she goes around at a big price. Yeah, I'm hoping. Look, um, she looks a real stayer. We, you know, never been able to test her yet. Um, sort of hoping to get a better guide last up, but they dropped the race back to 1850, and and they look, they ran it like a strong mile. Of, um, those horses were really suited up on the speed, and they just kept going. Um, you know, she got a long way back, and she was out of the race probably the whole way. So, you know, look, all the feedback I'm getting off the riders and all that, she's a real mile-and-a-half horse. She looks at it as well. So, look, we'll get a guide tomorrow. She could, she'll probably press on the Queensland if she runs well. If she don't, we'll, we'll stop. But I think she's a filly that's going to be, um, be OK, too, in time. But... You know, yeah, your only chance to run the mile and a half, unfortunately, is, is these Group One races. So you just got to have a have a dig and see what happens. Brad, good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much for your time. Good on you, fellas. Thanks a lot. There is Brad Widdop with us on the program, having a look at Ice Bath in particular in the Queen of the Turf. It'd be great to see her breakthrough. She's going really well. She gets she gets the conditions that she likes. Let's hope the meeting goes ahead and she can win that Group One. Yes. Now we did say before eight o'clock that we were going to do our ticket giveaway, our double pass to Fremantle and GWS question on the Retrovision text line. Answer now for a double pass to the footy tomorrow night 0427 789 571. When did GWS, I need the round and the year, first beat Fremantle? When did GWS first beat Fremantle? The round and the year. I swear, if you give a clue away diggers, bite your tongue. Do not say anything. Don't say anything. Get involved on the Retrovision text line. A double pass to the footy tomorrow night. The year and the round that GWS first beat Fremantle. What are you going to... Don't say anything, Digby. Ross Lyon was coaching. <laughs> you cannot help yourself. Let's get to Chris Jemmy. A couple <laughs> of runners tomorrow at Ascot. Let's start with the first as well where the reflectivity goes around. Chris, good morning to you. Morning, boys. How you going? We're okay, Chris. Great to have a chat to you. Reflectivity has trialled up well. Race one there tomorrow over the 1,000 metres. Where does he land? Uh, I think he lands in the box seat, Diggers, without spending any petrol from one, which is yep. uh, will be a good result following the uh, the odds-on favourites. So, no, he should land in a good spot. I think he can run a good race tomorrow. He's, I don't think he's ever won first up and never won in a 1,000, but uh, he's in really good order and can run a big race. He looks nice and sharp. Yeah, his two trials have been good. First one was pretty soft. Uh, the other day was... Um, yeah, really nice trial and good company. So we think he can, uh, not sure if he's sharp enough to win at the 1,000, but we think he can run in the first cup tomorrow for sure. Okay, well, let's move along to race number two where we get to see Safiano. So over the 1,100 metres first up, you've made a few uh, gear changes here and we know got out to uh, 2,200 metres over in Sydney last year. So have you got a read on this bloke? Uh, not really yet, Tim. Obviously, first start for us. Um Probably guessing he's probably around a 1,400, 1,600 metre horse, but um, yeah, kicking off in the 11 tomorrow is pretty sharp in his trial. Um, he, he did have one prep for us uh, 
previous to this one where he didn't come up, he had quite bad ulcers. So we've treated them and he seems to have come back a much better horse this prep going on his trial. So 1,100 might be too sharp for him tomorrow, but um, yeah, hopefully he can run a good race tomorrow and he's in for a good prep. Chris, Sean rode him for speed in that trial and that most recent one back there on the 28th of March. Do you adopt a positive attitude out of the machines there tomorrow as well? Uh, yeah, we will dig. We will uh, give him a bit of a dig out and see if he can't find the front. But uh, over 1,100, I'm not sure that he'll be able to, but uh, I'd imagine he'd be in the first three or four in running. Okay, let's get to race six. How's Floyd going? Uh, yeah, he was going good until he had his usual setback about a month or so ago. Um, and he uh, missed what would have been the, the suitable races for him. I think now he's a bit older. He's, um, yeah, he wants probably 1,500, 1,600, but he, he's up to the 14 tomorrow, so that should suit him. He's... Run was probably better than I looked the other day. Um, so I think, yeah, up to the 14 tomorrow, it's a fairly suitable race for him. And, um, yeah, I think he can uh, run better than what he's odd, so anyway. Okay. Chris, on paper, it looks like it could be one of those days where you could have some success, but if you didn't, it probably wouldn't be a shock. Who's the best of your three? Uh Maybe reflectivity, mate. I think he's come out really good this prep and he should land in the last spot. Okay, that is in race one over the 1,000, the 72-plus grade. Chris, thanks very much for your time. Go well tomorrow. Good on you. Thanks, boys. There is Chris Jebby with us on the line. Don't forget the Retrovision text line 0427789571. Send through your responses. What round and year did Fremantle first get beaten by the GWS Giants? Steers has already said Ross Lyon was coaching. So let's get to Ben Pierce now. We'll have a look at these two in the WATC derby for the Pierce team tomorrow, including outspoken lad who was placed in the Mel Vista. Ben, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Tim. Morning, Diggis. Good morning to you, Ben. Thanks very much for your time. Just before we have a look at the feature there tomorrow, we just spoke to Chris Ganjimi in regards to the prospects of reflectivity in race one. You've got Acromantula, who has been well-backed. It looks a very suitable assignment for him, given he has drawn that very good gate too. He gets the services of Holly, and he comes back in grade. Yeah, I didn't get to hear uh, Chris's interview. I should have listened. Uh, what's his plan? Is he going to try and lead? No, he's going to box seat. He's going to hand up to oh, you. Beautiful. Yeah, no, well, he's, he's just got um, he's got uh, such a natural speed um, uh, that he um, yeah, it's hard um, hard for any horse to try and um, try and lead him up, and um, especially when he draws barrier two, um, all his form from from those inside gates is really good, and um, yeah, he looks to have found a nice little race there. What do you do with him, Ben? I, I know he's only four, and he's only had the eleven starts, but he, he just he's he's basically an ATM over the one thousand metres, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. It does make it hard. Um, but, I mean, he's done a really good job working his way through his grades and yeah. uh, um, his prize money's getting up there. He's um, um, he's still probably got another... If he was to win tomorrow, he's probably... He's got one more win in those ratings races um, after that um, before he has to look at challenging the stakes races. Um, so um, so after this run, um, there's a couple of options for him. I mean, if he, if he did happen to pull up good... Um, we could back him up next week into a 78 plus thousand, um, and he'd drop him weight going into that. Um, or, or there's three weeks to the to the um, Northern Stakes, so that's an option as well. Um, but yeah, he's, he goes so well at Ascot. Um, he's also that we're going to have to try and concentrate around uh, around the Ascot um, um, features um, sort of later in the year. And um, um, yeah, so you, hopefully you can pick one of them up. Could he be a bowfine horse in the winter? Uh, I mean, yeah, like I say, I'd, I'd probably prefer to see him in Ascot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obviously something that we're going to look that we, we're going to have to look at. Um, 
but yeah, he's um, he's Ascot form so good, and he um, um, yeah, he just gives that good kick on um, off the corner. He's always hard to run down. So um, so yeah, if we could find a, an a, um, Ascot race um, like a Prince of Wales or a, um, or if it's a Summer Scorcher, wait a bit longer. Um, I mean, we've been pretty selective with his racing, and uh, and it's um, it's working. So um, I think that's something that we need to continue doing. All right, let's go to race number eight. Of course, the Schweppes WATC Derby outspoken lad finished in behind the two ones at the top of the market there in Alaskan God and Tricks of the Trade a fortnight ago. Can he do it again tomorrow or maybe even beat them? Oh, he's um, like, we're really happy with him. Um, I mean, this is a um, assignment we set for him uh, going back um, last um, September um, after his, the few runs that he had. He um, he showed us that he had some staying potential there and um, and we've set him for this race and uh, we couldn't be happier with the way he's come through. Um, he um, he just he looks like he's got that um, that natural staying ability and uh, in these sort of races um, that can be a big bonus and um, um, yeah he's he's just come through the prep so well he's um, um, he's had a trouble free prep all his runs have been good um, so yeah he's um, he's spot on for this this is his grand final so um, he'll be uh, he'll be out there doing his best okay and then Black Fantasy as well we saw finish slightly better than midfield in the Mel Vista as well how's he going. Yeah, he's going along good. I mean, he's probably just not quite as professional as um, outspoken lad. He's just making those few errors, um, which um, I mean, it's probably costing him. We're definitely cost him winning that midweek race. So where he ran second, he just wobbled around on straightening, um, and he lost a couple of lengths, and then he went down a neck, and um, um, so yeah, it's cost him that race. And um, I think it's sort of he ran sixth in the Melvista, whereas he, he could have been a bit closer if he did a few things right. He was on the back of the um, the winner, and um, and then he's lost his position just from a few um, a few errors that he's made um so he's a pretty green horse it's uh, he's going to be a nicer horse in 12 months time and uh, i mean maybe even um a, be- a better belmont horse um through the winter um the uh, the three-year-old races there might even be a better um a better way to go with him so um just what he's doing at the moment um on on raw ability and um uh, once he um yeah has has those couple more preps and puts it all together i think he's going to be a lot nicer horse ben thank you very much for your time good luck tomorrow Thanks, Ross. There is Ben Pierce with us on the line. From Ben Pierce to Steve Wolf, a couple of interesting ones to talk about here, including a couple in the Derby. Steve, good morning to you. How are you, boys? We're okay, Steve. How are you down there? Oh, not too bad, mate. Just having a few obstacles as we normally do with training facilities, and uh, that seems to be one of the great problems in WA getting somewhere reasonable to train horses, and uh, you get little spots every now and again, and everything goes all right, and uh, horses go well, but. Once you haven't got a facility to train them on, as I've said for a long time, and we've got elections coming up for all over the place, we should be uh, should be canvassing these politicians and getting something done. Only state in Australia that gets nothing done with bloody training facilities, but other than that, we're going all right. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's have a talk about your two in the derby tomorrow, then, Wolfie. And hear me sing. I tell you what, he hasn't done a great deal wrong in this campaign, playing all of the really good races on the way through to the derby. Can he get the just deserved tomorrow? Oh, I don't think anything can beat Tricks of the Trade, really. I think he's only a good thing myself. Um, he will get all the favours tomorrow. I'll be ridden a bit closer to him, and uh, I would visualise that he'll be winning. But now look how horses have been honest, and probably the sad thing is that there's no other races for these type of horses. You know, you, you're rung down on them, and you can't... You've got to tackle on the, the better ones. And with... Uh, just, just work one-on-one. Uh, sorry about that. That's uh, all right. And... Uh, the sad thing is that, you know, he's had to buckle to them and, you know, and with them set weights and penalties, which are ridiculous races, unless you're the lucky person to have a good horse, 
you can never beat tricks of the trade because you're meeting him nearly at level weights all the way through. Uh, but then, right now, he's in good order. Awkward gate again. But then he'll be competitive. I would think he'll finish in the first four area, hopefully. What about Let's Deal? What's the pass mark for him tomorrow? Well, he's a, he's a real he's a real deal, but he's not had any luck anywhere, and uh, he's probably a little bit behind. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, we, we're lacking staying races everywhere. We have a few cup races, and you sort of can't get these horses moving. But, you know, you know he, he was good the other day. I think he should have finished easily three lengths closer to him, which doesn't put him too far away. And that the big odds, I'm sure that he'll run the 2400. That's the most important thing. And some of them may be found wanting. And uh, hopefully Young Castle can get him out and running from the 600 and be very competitive. What about Watch Me Dance, Steve? I thought that was a little bit of the Watch Me Dance of old first up. Yeah, well, as I made, you know, I didn't make any secret of it coming into the winter and the spring. We just had nowhere to work this horse when we got back home. We were working on concrete and wet tracks. And, uh, she was super the other day, probably should have just about won. I would think that if she can beat uh, Goddess Chosen, is it? Uh, she'll be winning. She's back to her top, I reckon. And uh, at 1,400 second up is the same thing as there's this race and then unfortunately the, the next one is the Phillies race a week after and there's not much for her because she goes into them races and she's got too much weight. Uh, so we'll get through tomorrow and hopefully she runs very well and then look at where we may be going with her. You know, In a perfect world, I'd probably take her and Red Can and perhaps Export Man to the, somewhere over east in the winter, but that's a very hard work to do all that and uh, we've got races every week for different horses, you know, which we have, we've run out of that option there. So, you know, she was good the other day, you know, and I was so excited with that, and she hasn't gone backwards, so All whatever right. beats her or knows her, they're in the race, I'm sure. Okay, what about, you mentioned export, man, what about the half-export girl tomorrow, start number two? Yeah, she was really good. I mean, not many horses go into a trial uh, with one trial, and uh, which she won third in, uh, but we were just trying to sort of get her into something, and, uh, you know, Russell's horse won good the other day, but, you know, she probably could have finished a length closer. Uh, we've got Paddy Carberry on the inform two-year-old rider, so that's a positive. You know, unfortunately, Tash has got COVID, and I was hoping that she could ride a uh, rider and give her a bit of luck. It's a very strong race. Trevor's got one in it. It's probably, you know, uh, as strong as two-year-old races you'd run into, but she's a real nice filly, and you'll see a lot of her in the future, I'm sure. She's a bit rangier than him, and uh, but she's got a sharp turn of foot, so with a bit of luck, she won't be far away. Wolfie, thank you very much for your time today. All the very best going forward to tomorrow. See you, boys. There Bye. is Steve Wolf. All right, let's get to Chris Parnham. He rides Alaskan God in the big one tomorrow afternoon. Chris, good morning to you. Good morning, boys. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for your time. Are you on the right horse in the WATC derby? Oh, I think so. He's got the right form, so hoping he can uh, do what he did last start. We've had some good pushes for tricks of the trade this morning. Do you see it that way? He's the one to beat? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um I thought his run was um, equally as good as uh, Alaskan God in the last race, so definitely the one to beat. When you go into a race like this one tomorrow, Chris, how conscious of you are in regards to Troy's positioning with Tricks of the Trade, or do you just ride your horse to the best of your ability? Oh, yeah, I don't think you can go out there just trying to focus on one horse, um, mainly focus on my bloke and um, yeah, just try and give him as much room as possible. 
All right, let's go across to race number six if we can. And again, you're involved in a race where there looks to be two standout chances. God has chosen, and you're with comes a time looking to make it three on the bounce. Last week, it was mentioned that uh, this horse could be a good 78-plus horse. Well, is this the race for him tomorrow? Um, it's a bit of a step up in grade for him, but um, he he's in good form, so um, he gets his chance, I think, tomorrow. But... Uh, yeah, it is a bit of a bit of a step up. Chris, you ride swear to God again. You now you were able to pick up the ride on this two-year-old last start, and he was very, very impressive. What sort of feel did he give you, and can you overcome that wide gate there tomorrow? Oh uh, yeah, it gave me a really nice feel. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, obviously it's a bit of a tricky gate uh, with a full field. So um, yeah, not really sure what I do with him, but. Um, yeah, he'll be, I know he's good enough to win from that gate. All right. And then race number four, do you get on premium choice at the right time? Strikes the right race tomorrow? Yeah, probably. It was a bit unlucky the other day. Uh, never ridden it before, but, um, yeah, it looked like it was, uh, should have gone close the other day. So, yeah, hopefully we can get the result. Now, you link back up with Featherweight, who was terrific, it must be said, most recently winning, albeit in, in midweek company. Barrier won there tomorrow, a 1,200-metre race. It's a competitive little three-year-old race when you've got a horse like Harmika in it. Yeah, yeah, a um, bit of a stronger race than the other day, but um, it went past me pretty fast in that midweek race. So, um, yeah, the way it let down the other day, you'd think it would be pretty competitive tomorrow. All right, and what about trade war? A model of consistency in the lucky last, up to the mile again tomorrow. Can he return to the winner's circle? Oh, he's not winning. He's running well, but he just can't. I've probably um, made a few blues on him um, this prep, but um, there's been a couple of races where I thought he has had his chance and still hasn't put him away, so... Uh, I don't know, but he's drawn well. He'll run a drum, but, yeah, see what happens. Okay, now you're seeing them really well, Chris. You're having a really good run of it of late. Is your best ride in the biggest race of the day, Alaskan God? Um, probably. I'd be pretty happy if we could take that one home. I'm sure. If there was another best, the second best, would it be swear to God? Yeah. Or comes a time? Um, probably swear to God. All right. Good stuff, Chris. Thanks for your time this morning. All right. Cheers, guys.